Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. So welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers and I'm flying solo for this one as my co-host Chris Bovey is, uh, is what we call away on assignment. He's unavailable today, so it's just me and my esteemed guest. <laughs> uh, on the podcast, since uh, its inception, we've covered a variety of topics with a diverse collection of, of guests, ranging from musicians, psychiatrists, patients, and we even had an astronaut in the early uh, <laughs> stages of our podcast. And uh, still, like in... In mental health awareness, sharing a personal connection to mental health is still our most powerful tool uh, to increase awareness and eliminate the stigma associated with mental health and mental illness. And that's why I'm really glad today to have a special guest to share uh, her lived experience with mental illness. And it's mental National Mental Health Week, and this is our National Mental Health Week podcast. So I'm pleased to have uh, Danny Stover. So. Um, just before we get into our little conversation, a little background on Danny. She was born in Pickering and a graduate of Seneca College's broadcast journalism program. She got her start as a radio intern on the Edge 102.1 in Toronto and worked as a content producer for the Dean Blundell show at the height of that show's run. I'm sure most of us are familiar with uh, <laughs> Dean Blundell in the, the, in the Edge at some point in our lives. From there, she moved on to an honor position in Peterborough, working at the Wolf 101.5 as a morning show host for five years. She's now back in Toronto at one of my favorite stations. Hmm. She's at, uh, you can hear her on weekends at Indy 88.1 in Toronto and on Oldies 96.7 in Peterborough. So Danny's, one of the reasons that we were able to, to have Danny on the, on the podcast is her, her bios are very detailed about her, her personal interests and she's very passionate about hot yoga, comedy, <laughs> and discussions on gender, feminism, and mental health, which is uh, why we're here today. You can follow Danny on Twitter at, at Danny Gray. That's D A N I G R A Y. So I'm very pleased to welcome Danny. Thanks to the for having me. It's great to have you. I really am a little nervous having a radio personality oh. on the <laughs> podcast because it's, usually it's people that are on here, they're out of their element, and I'm the one who's a little bit more experienced. So now the tables are kind of turned, but hopefully we'll get through this and have a good discussion. So we, in preparation for the and for your appearance today, and really do appreciate you, you being on. And we talked a little bit about your personal connection to mental health, and I was wondering if you could share, start by sharing that. Uh, well, it goes back probably 10 years or so um, to a point where I had no idea mental health was a thing. Um, of course, there was a lot of stigma at the time, and uh, I had a personal, uh, I, I would call it a tragedy, um, someone in my family, my father, so... Uh, going through this, I was in university at the time, so I was, you know, I was confident, but also like I was just in my own zone. And at the time, my dad was going through a lot of really hard times. In retrospect, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you can see what things led up to it. But at the time, we were kind of blindsided. He was at a point where he just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and so at that point, death kind of seemed like a viable option for him. So uh, we went through that as a family. Uh, thankfully, he's full 180 at this point, but there was a point where mental health became a big part of our family conversation and a part of what we were dealing with. And mental health is 
mental illness is uh, one of those things that doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't care how much money you have or, you know, the color of your skin or your background or if you have plans tonight. Like, it doesn't care. So um, it was very shocking and it uh, turned our whole world upside down to think that the patriarch of our family, someone that was we looked at as the strongest member of our little unit, could be suffering to a point that he felt there were no options. And so that was a big wake-up call for our family. And uh, instead of, I mean, there were times where we, you know, kind of stuck our heads in the sand to try and deal with it. And there was a lot of issues around anger for me personally, Um, but we came through it. And now mental health and the discussions around that have become a huge part of our lives. And uh, moving forward, my dad's very vocal and very positive uh, in how he's moved on. And uh, he was working for Scotiabank at the time. They were very supportive in how they, you know, helped him in his recovery and and me as well. I'm moving forward. I, I want to try and get rid of the stigma so that people like my dad and people like me and my sister and my mom and, and those who are part of our family so that they don't have to kind of go through the struggles that we did. Or if they do, they know that other people have gone through it and come out the other side. So <clears throat> people are still, I mean, society in general is still coming to grips with mental health. And I mean, we've come a long way in the last 10 years, but like, you know, around your personal uh, family tragedy. But in the last 10 years of society, you've seen Bell Let's Talk, you've seen uh, celebrities step forward and, and speak about their own struggles. Uh, you've seen a lot of attraction. But I still think people, uh, <clears throat> they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So to use your example, your family's example, you know, they might see it as your dad's illness. Mm-hmm. You know, it was your dad's, you know, it was your dad's dark moment. It was your dad's illness that, that brought him there. But the impact on the family is, is tremendous. Yeah. And uh, even after that, you know, that sentinel moment in, in your family's life, uh, there's lots that you're dealing with. Is there not? Totally. And I, I think the stat is one in five Canadians will you know, struggle with mental illness in their lifetimes, 100% of us will deal with it in some capacity. So I I think it's important to know if you're, to know the signs, know what to look for if you uh, think somebody's struggling. Um, And and yeah, getting rid of the stigma, keep breaking it down so that if we are having trouble, there's no problem going to somebody that you work with or uh, going to a student or a colleague or something like that to talk about it, to open it up and, and blow the stigma out of the water because it's really unfortunate. It holds a lot of people back and there is still a lot of work to be done. So how has the, your family experience shaped your life moving forward in terms of how, you know, how open you are about uh, your advocacy for mental health and how you choose to, to share information with people? How has that influenced everything? I think it was my dad's reaction to it. I mean, and everyone's different. Everyone will deal with their own their own things differently. I think watching him come through it and come out the other side being like, I don't want to struggle in silence anymore. I don't want other people. Like, he could have just quietly dealt with it and gone back to work and lived his life. And, I mean, in, in a lot of respects, that's what he does. Um, but within our family, he kept us in on process of it so he went through you know he took a year off work and he went to doctors and he found a therapist that worked for him and uh, he found the medication that worked for him and the lifestyle that seemed to work for him Um, so I think keeping us in the loop of that and keeping us you know even just when it happened 
thinking like, oh, we have this muscle, we have this thing that nobody talks about. We go to the gym all the time. We try to eat right to, you know, feel good about ourselves. We often don't think about our mind as something that we need to work out and exercise and and give attention to. So I think it really opened up my mind to, oh, there's this there's this part of us that needs attention that's not no one's getting attention giving it attention and when they do it's often to the negative so I think watching my dad come through that and kind of put a positive spin on it like I'm getting help um, I'm feeling better you know I want to get up and I want to do things and seeing him come through that and being a more positive person um, was helpful I think he took it on as like I'm not shameful of this I want to share my story and I want other people to um, to know what I've gone through and know that you can go through something like this and the power of oh yeah me too is massive when you're talking about mental health um so all the people that even for me like oh I'm dealing with this with my family oh my gosh me too I never thought I could talk about it like that kind those kinds of stories it's it's like an echo chamber when you open up about your own family's experience with mental illness to other people maybe for the first time is it are they is the reaction very similar every time as people are people always coming to you and, sh- and opening up themselves? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think I'm a little bit hesitant to share my dad's story all the time because it's his story. Mm. Um, and so when I do kind of talk about my own mental illnesses and my struggles with that, I do most of the time, I would say 90% of the time I get a very positive reaction. I get a lot of people being like, Oh, well, I've dealt with anxiety or I've dealt with, you know, sleepless nights or, um, you know, I went through a really dark time or I had a friend. So people are pretty open. And I, I find if you kind of open the door a little bit, people will walk in, um, personally. And I'm, I'm very lucky. I haven't dealt with, um, a lot of stigma, at least that I know about in, my, in the workplace uh, or with friends. Uh, so in that respect, I'm very lucky. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all, it's your personal story. It's your personal burden. So if people, if part of your recovery isn't talking about it, that's, that's cool too. Um, for me, it helps. And I find if other people know that they have me as an ally or someone to talk to or someone that's been through hard times, like I'm I'll talk to anybody anytime. So even though your, your experience with po- with um, stigma seems to be fairly positive, you mm-hmm. said you haven't really experienced it in the workplace and that you're, that you're aware of, but we know it does exist yeah. and it does prevent people from, from getting help. And I wonder what your thoughts are. In today's world, you can almost be anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, you know, the movements over the past, over the decades have created freedoms and liberties for for all, for all sorts of issues that people deal with, and um, whether it's gender identities or um, um, gay and lesbian rights, we have come a long way in a lot of these like really um, issues that have been have plagued us as society. We've come a long way in a short period of time, or recent times, I should say. Why do you think that still, you know, being severely mental Ill, mentally ill or having mental health issues? is still not at that same level as some of those other issues. Uh, I, I love the idea of representation um, and how we represent people with mental illness in the past on a lot of media we consume hasn't been great. So if you see somebody on a TV show and they're struggling with mental illness, you know, in the past, I would say it's usually in a negative light. So I think representation is really important. Having people that you know, you can see and be like, oh, I relate to that person and they've gone through some hard times and they're not some, 
you know, they're not shown in a negative light. So I think of representation in a lot of respects for uh, shows I watch where women aren't just, you know, blonde bimbos. And we're like, oh my gosh, my husband left a mess again. They're strong women with jobs and we're seeing that representation. And so you can relate to something like that. So I think with, it's the responsibility, I don't want to put it on the media, it's a responsibility of all of us, but I think one major thing, a shift that I've noticed is representation and how people with mental illness are being represented. Bell Let's Talk Day is a great example. Um, I'm blanking on her name right now, but she's a wonderful ambassador for mental health. Claire Hughes. And Claire Hughes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And she's, she's, you know, an athlete. She's a strong woman. She's got great opinions and stories to tell. You don't look at her, you know, years ago, you might have had, you wouldn't have had someone in that position. And she's a great representation of positive influence on people struggling. And she's open about it. So I think having a lot of representation like that, having people in those positions to share their stories who are, yeah, I'm still functioning. I'm still able to do these things. Or even if I'm not functioning, you know, here's my story. And I think a lot of people will see themselves in those types of representatives. I wonder what your thoughts are about education and the role of our schools in terms of educating people about mental health issues. Because when, you, you know, your family was maybe first exposed to complex mental illness, <clears throat> you mentioned you were in university, so you weren't far removed from graduating high school. Mm-hmm. Do you remember having any conversations about those kind of issues back in high school that might have helped you deal with uh, what you were going through as a family? No, and again, that's and it's nothing against the system that I went through. I, I think it just wasn't a thing at the time. I think it was like people made fun of it, or um, you know, it got a bad rap for being like, oh, again, the representation of it wasn't in a positive light um it was one of those things like if you're dealing with it keep it quiet sweep it under the rug and for my dad's case you know he was a 50 year old man uh very corporate in his position I can imagine him struggling and not knowing who to turn with not having that uh structure in place to be like I need a safe place to go and talk about this and then there's a there's a systematic thing in place that'll help me through it. There was not there wasn't really any of that groundwork for me in school at the time, and for him at the time with his corporate job. Um, I think we've come a long way, and I don't have kids or anything, so I don't know what necessarily mm-hmm. is going on in the schools now. Um, but I think having those systems in place, and I'm sure there were groups and things I could have gone to in school if I personally had problems. Um, but in high school and university, I just chalked it up to being like, oh, I'm just an angry, angsty teen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the problem, right? We, you know, well, in youth mental health, but you, if somebody's having a bad day, you just, oh, they're having a bad day or they're going, you know, they're related to work or yeah. different things like that. And and I don't think we make the connection. You know, you don't want to presume things, but right. um, we're not necessarily watching out for people either, right? You're, you're balancing that respect for privacy and your compassion that you want to, that you want to provide people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it could be uh, just thinking about growing up and, and being a kid and not wanting to mislabel things. Uh, I think just giving it the language. And I think that's another reason why it's become a little bit more opened up and the stigma is slowly fading away is that we have different language to explain things and we're the language is always growing so you brought up gender and and you know the lgbt community and why that's kind of uh more accepted or more represented to bring let's just play a drinking game with this word (laughs) uh but uh i think having the language to say i'm not feeling well today or i'm I'm having you know 
I'm going through something where I'm feel, like just having the language to describe how you're feeling, having the language to know how to get help, having mm. the language to know how to ask for help. And I think that's why we're, we're kind of seeing more people come to the forefront of like, I'm struggling with something. I don't necessarily know what to call it, but um, here's, here's what I'm experiencing. Here's knowing what to look for with other mm-hmm. people as well. Uh, I think I'm getting way off track here. <laughs> no. um, but I think the language has a lot to do with yeah. it too. And when you're in high school and, and university and coming up, you might not know all the language. Um, and I think that's something in schools you can kind of mm-hmm. talk to. And I mean, maybe there's classes now in schools that are teaching this or there's places where people can go because it's the stigma is becoming less and less. Well, and it's, I think it's society's responsibility too, because to your point about Bell Let's Talk and Clara Hughes, there's lots of great awareness campaigns and lots of companies getting behind mental health in the workplace and in different aspects. But a lot of it isn't necessarily in the realm of complex mental illness. Mm -hmm. So our representation, just like, you know, using that word, is a lot a lot of times when it comes to people who have <clears throat> schizophrenia or mm-hmm. complex mental illness <clears throat> are the movies. Yep. And you think of one that was recently in theaters that was very stigmatizing, but um, we actually have patients that come here for the first time and they're expecting to see images that you would see in yeah. the movies and they're not flattering. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the thing. I think I know the movie you're talking about and uh, I saw a lot of people online criticizing it for, mm. you know, this isn't, this isn't a, the nice way to represent this and it's it is adding to the stigma and even though it is a movie and you can argue that it's fiction and it's a story um, those types of things can be damaging mm-hmm. um, so and I what mean, other critical illness would you portray in a negative light right like if you're talking about diabetes or cancer or any yeah. epilepsy whatever the illness may be you would I, you know, I'm hard-pressed to think of a movie or a TV show where it's presented in such a stigmatizing yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and those types of things are still, you know, people still went to see that movie. Yeah. And people, you know, so that's a great example of uh, putting it into a negative light. And I think it's education, too. There's so many people, I'm sure the people that, and I don't know this for a fact, but uh, I would hope that if you're making a movie like that, that they would spend some time in a facility like this to get to know people and to, you know, kind of have some background information. And I think that's, you know, I hate to put it on the media. It is the responsibility of all of us to get educated. There's Mm. so many things we don't know about schizophrenia, about bipolar. It's, it's not black and white. There are so many different variants and so many different things. And I think that's what we're learning about mental health too. It's not one thing or two things. Mm. It's many things. And it could be many things at different times in your life. Uh, You could be suffering at one point in your life and you could go through a 10 year span of of really deep, dark depression. You can get on a track where you find medication or you find exercise, you find different things. And I'm not talking about the complex uh, Mm. mental health issues, but uh, just what I've dealt with personally, where things are always changing. Like it's kind of an ebb and flow. You've got to keep it in check. But the more you know, the more you're able to understand and kind of that helps you get through things. So yeah, education and, is key too. And the more we can we can educate people and develop that empathy, then movies like the one we're referring to and TV <laughs> shows, they won't make money. Yep. I think what the problem is is that you know there are a large, large percentage of people out there that might see something like that and say, not for me, and I don't, and might view it as stigmatizing or offensive. But clearly, there's a population out there that doesn't find it. Yep. And because if they weren't making money 
producing these films and TV shows, then they wouldn't be doing them. Yeah. Right. There, I think we need to kind of change, you know, the audience's expectations. I guess. Well, here's what I think is good about that particular movie is that. Uh, it came out, people saw it, that's their prerogative, but there was this backlash. And I think that's the silver lining is that movies like that are going to get made. You know, there is going to be, you know, there's still going to be dumb movies where women are represented as floozies Mm. or where, you know, like there'll be weird racial representation, things like that. We are coming to a place where that's less and less. The backlash, I think, is a positive thing in this case because it, it is people, you know, being woke to, oh, this isn't right, or this doesn't sit well with me. I've got something to say about this, or this isn't how I've experienced people with, you know, multiple personality disorder Mm. or whatever, schizophrenia, bipolar. Like, everyone has their own experiences. So I think the positive is that there was a backlash and people saying, wait a minute, this Mm. isn't, this isn't cool. Yeah, at least there was a conversation. Yeah, exactly. And and that is all we can really do is keep driving that conversation. Yeah, if these things are going to get made, you know, I'm glad that there's a group of people that, you know, will raise their hand and be like, well, I'm not going to see it. And here's mm. why. And maybe they'll affect 10 people and then maybe they'll affect 10 people. And mm. maybe one day they won't be sitting on such a huge pile of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's, uh, I really appreciate you joining us. I think that we're, it was a really interesting conversation. And um, I know as a fan of uh, your employer and of your work, uh, it's great to have you here uh, talking about um, an issue that's important to us and, and, and it was really nice for you to come into and be able to see our facility and learn more about uh, what we do and, and our cause so thank you very Thanks much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.